how you get introduced after you've done the first service. Yeah. In the first service, I was a great guy. Now, after I preached what I preached, he wasn't sure what to say. Yeah, absolutely. See you later. All right. I reckon Pastor Malcolm needs to get himself a pair of jeans like the young bloke out that was up here with the red shoes. I reckon that'd be it. Okay. In fact, I think every pastor should go shopping for clothes with the youth and let them buy the outfit. Uh, I am dressed this morning by my uh, 33-year-old daughter. Um, I send her, I FaceTime and say, is this okay? And she said, no, the fishnet is not okay. <laughs> so you are glad I rang her. And uh, so she'll often say, not those shoes, wear these shoes. And I say, no, are you sure? And every time I do what she says, I get compliments. So, uh, yeah, that second row there, need to take Pastor Mal out to City Beach or something. Get him some real cool threads. All right, a hat like that would be good. All right. Yeah. Lose the socks. Yeah, I like it. Okay. Anyway, enough. Enough. I'm not here next week for Father's Day, so I get to tell a dad's joke today. And I learned this when I was told this one after the service just before, so I'm going to give it a run. Okay. I don't know if you ever heard of the two backpacking baked beans. They were backpackers. They travelled all around Australia. They went to Rocky, went to Mackay, went out to Thagaminda, but they ended up in Cairns. Yeah? I was just practising because next week is the premiere of my own church. I'm just practising so I could do a little. I got I got to get the delivery just a little better, but I'm doing all right. All right, now, I'm going to try and look a little studious today. And we're going to use the whiteboard. I don't know if you'll be able to see it. I've probably blocked off the screen from some of you. But looking at you, you know the Bible. So whatever's up there, you'll be able to quote it. So that'll be fine. I've let, put it on this side. because Well, have a look at them. They need the screen that lot, don't they? And uh, we're going to talk about how to raise money in church today. Now, now let's, let's just be real clear because I, I know there'll be some visitors here. And I get it, you know, I get it. It's like, oh, wow, why did I invite my friend today? Look, just, just knuckle in for the next 30 minutes and have an opinion at the end, not now. You know, it's only 30 minutes. You're going to live for another 50 years, all right? So you've got an opinion, but just save it. Have an opinion later. And, um, and I won't rush off to the green room. I figure if I'm going to yell at you for 40 minutes, I'll come and you can yell at me afterwards. It's all cool. I'm happy with that. And that'll be good, but... Pastors have to become like genii at raising money in church because there's a lot to do. So I heard about this guy and he's praying in the auditorium at his church and he's thinking, God, you know, we're not making budget. We've got to do some stuff and, you know, I've I got to get some things going. And, and do, you, do you know, if you look up the word epiphany in the video Bible, in the video dictionary, sorry, it, this is it. You push play for the video um, understanding of epiphany, it'll go like this. All right, that's it. Okay, so he had one of them. He had an epiphany, okay, and, uh, and he felt God gave him a great idea. So he had an electrical background. So he went to the church on the Saturday night and put a little buzzer up here, secret, and he ran a wire on the back of the pulpit under the carpet to the steel frame of 10 of the chairs where the rich people sat. 
No, God told him to. And so then he just exposed a slight bit of metal so it would touch skin and um, not high voltage. Well, you'll see. And so then he got up there and he began to tell the church how he was praying and travailing, asking the Lord for a plan to raise money because they wanted to send the youth to the conference in Mackay. Yeah. And he felt the Lord said that, I just felt there's going to be 10 volunteers here to donate $1,000 each. In fact, I'm going to raise my hand. Always goes better with an American accent. I'm going to raise my hand and then I'm just going to drop it. I believe Holy Spirit. You're going to feel it. You're going to feel Holy Spirit. And uh, so he got to the project and he dropped his hand and he had nine volunteers and an electrocuted Scotsman. (laughs) But you would be surprised what pastors have to do to try and raise the money, um, you know, the provision for the vision. But here's the thing, God already had a plan. And it's a simple plan. That's the plan. It's an old English word, and, and we, we get paid out a bit on this. You know, people say, you know, church is fuddy-duddy, using words no one understands. I was watching the rugby yesterday, and they had a scrimmage. <laughs> a what? <laughs> When's the last time you ever used that at a cafe? You know? So every group has funny words. That's just our funny word. But it means, can someone yell out? Feel free to yell out today. I'm, I'm happy um, if you do. What does it mean? Tenth. So wouldn't it have been smart if they just put tenth? But it means tenth. Tenth of what? Tenth of your pay. So if you get paid monthly, weekly, fortnightly, you work it out. When I was 15, I was an apprentice chef at a a restaurant called the Tower Mill. Um, It was a hotel called the Tower Mill. The restaurant was called Room at the Top, um, a uh, nine-floor restaurant in uh, Wickham Terrace in the city of Brisbane. And um, I had not worked before. I was 15. Um, so I got my first pay was about 70 bucks if I rounded it. And so I went home and um, I gave my mother $35. Um, and all of this happened within in the first minute. Um, my dad had long left our family. Um, well, long left from about 10 to 13. He was leaving but was gone. And so I was, I just, no one told me to do it. I just felt that's what you do. <laughs> And um, so I had 70, so I got 35 left. Um, I thought I should tithe. So do I tithe on the 35 left? No, I tithed on the gross. So, um, so the gross might have been about 75. I ended up with 70, but I rounded it up to eight. So I, I took eight for the tithe. Um, I was 15 years old. And um, so I had how much left? Eight from 35? Help me, because I, I actually don't know. <laughs> Just to help you, I didn't finish the cooking, I became a boilermaker. So I genuinely don't know. All right. Um, So 8 from 35 is 27. Now, how much money did I have in my pocket the week before that first week? None. How much have I got now? I'm a king. It's a lot easier to start tithing the first week than wait till you earn. And when I'm rich, you won't. You won't. I'm going to preach to the second row here, not because you got, but only because I think you're listening. <laughs> uh, I, I preach really short when you talk back, okay? And uh, ask the last crowd because they had to go out that door while you were trying to get in. So, 
with God listening to me right now, and I, I don't like to, you know, I don't attempt God, I don't mean that, but just because we understand this language, I do not, I, I, I haven't knowingly, knowingly I've never missed a pay between when I was 15 years old and as I stand to you, with you right now um, without bringing the tithe to the Lord. Now I want to make a couple of statements just so you, I just want, so whatever we talk about it, I want you to get my context. I want to talk to you about why I tithe. All right, so you understand, I've just sidestepped all the theological nonsense because I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just going to tell you why I do it. Is that cool? The, and, and just so you know, Pastor James is not here today because he asked me to do this and he wasn't prepared to be here while I did it. <laughs> all right, so now I've got your attention. That's not the reason. He didn't know that I'm, I chose this subject. I sent him the notes um, just before service, like I do wherever I preach, just because that's courteous, um, even, when, even when they come, just so they at least see it. And, uh, and so, um, but he's not asked me to do this. It's just not how it works. But here's some personal stuff I want you to know, just so you get, um, you can lean on this as we go through it. And I want to say again, look, have an opinion at the end, not at the beginning. I know there's two preachers in the room. There's, there's me and there's the one in your head. I'll always be second to the one in your head. And so just do yourself a favor. At the end of this, you might say, nah, crap, throw it all out. You may do that. That's cool. But at least you, you took it and, and had a look. Because you know kids hate broccoli? They've never eaten it. They just know they hate it. All right? And so don't hate it before you at least eat it. And that'll be cool. And, and at the end of the day, I'm leaving on a jet plane. So it won't affect me. It's for you. All right. I'm going to come across a little assertive in what I say today. But so if you know from the beginning, everything I say is because I'd love to see you blessed. I'm not a banker. I don't collect money. I'm a pastor. I want to see people blessed. I want to see people released as the Bible, you know, wants you to be released. So here's a couple of things just for context. I have, I am yet to earn $100,000 a year from my employer. All right, I'm just, you know, I think this sort of subject d d needs a certain degree of openness. Uh, so I'm 61 years old. I deserve more than $100,000 a year. I promise you that. Um, my acumen, intelligence, training and experience, but the line of um, vocation I've chosen, it just doesn't garner that type of remuneration. And if I wasn't happy, I'd have left. Wherever you are, be there. Don't be here dreaming of there or go there. I love what I do and I own it. But just for the record, um, I'm not... now. To help some of the business folk, because I understand how business folk think, I don't get a fuel card. You know what I mean? Oh, I don't earn a hundred grand. Yeah, but your mortgage gets paid for, your fuel card, your expense account, blah, da da. I do not get a fuel card. I pay for my fuel out of what I earn. I don't get a car allowance. I pay for it. It's why we drive a 12-year-old car with 330,000 kilometres. And what an incredible advertisement for a diesel BMW. Aren't they brilliant? <laughs> All right, park beside my two Harleys, my Kawasaki, my Suzuki, my Honda and my Yamaha. No, I had to take the caravan out just to fit them in there. In fact, I had to park some of them around at a couple of rentals. See, God's good. 
So obviously I'm not here but crying poor. I'm just helping you know. He said, bring the tithe into the storehouse and I'll open the windows of heaven. I will pour out blessing. He's gotten me what I could never have gotten in a million years. The last two houses I have bought, I've paid $35,000 less. That's just a coincidence. Thirty-five grand less than the person who bought them before me seven, seven years earlier. How does that happen? Okay, so I don't earn 100K. My wife, just so you know, has not been out of our home to work for 40 years. If someone would ring her and tell her, it'd be good if she <laughs> maybe start to contribute. Aren't we brave when they're not here, Pastor? <laughs> I've been married for 43 years this year. Um, so we've got a 39-year-old daughter. I think she preached here with her husband a few weeks ago, Grant and Beck Cunningham. Um, she's 39. My next daughter's 36, high school teacher. Next daughter's HR with TAFE. Um, and my son is an electrician with Chubb. And um, my oldest daughter's a nurse by training. Um, I didn't hear all their spouses earn because who cares? Who even likes them? <laughs> All right. So, so Susie earns zero out of the home. She works. You should work like you, you should work like you want to get paid. So she works, but she doesn't earn any money. So, I, I, so you understand? I just want you to understand that's the context we're talking about. Because it is dog eat dog out there. I get it. My kids, like I've got my daughters in HR with TAFE. Her husband's a commercial sparky with JMP Richardson. Now, I'm, I'm telling you, they're probably bringing in 180, 190 grand a year. And I mean, Flip, well, they got to feed a dog. I, I mean, they don't even know. They're stupid. And look at the money they get. So, that, so it, it's all happening out there. Uh, but I, I just want to give you the, the context. Cool. So I want to talk to you about why I tithe. Pastor Malcolm, I, I don't upset anybody, but I'm going to say this. Half of you... Don't tithe. Turn to your neighbour and say, I hope he's not a prophet. <laughs> no, no, he is, but I've turned the tap off. I, so just absolutely relax. This service is not going to a place where I start pointing at people because Holy Spirit showed me who you are. I, I just want to be clear because it, the, the point is to help um, now, you have a right to say, well, how would you know that? Um, well, I don't actually, and it, it, I could be way off. It could be 80%. <laughs> no, look, I don't know that. I'm just, I'm really, it's, it's as much to arouse your attention. But I will give you at least a, an estimated guess. Now, as soon as I start to do it, I'm, I do, some people are going to talk, uh, start to think about David where he numbered the people. Come off it. Come off it, context for everything. Jesus had a picnic and counted how many baskets he took up. You know, he knew how many people he fed. Um, the word accountability features the word count right in the middle of it. So it's part of being accountable is that you uh, count <laughs> or you're able to uh, count. All right, so we're good. Um, so here, here's just, just something. I don't think this is totally accurate, but it'll give you an idea. I've been in church leadership for 40 years, so I think I've got a clue. All right? The average wage in Australia currently is said to be somewhere in the vicinity of $88,000 per annum. Put your hand up if you, from this day on, would just love to be average. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Now, I met a man after service in the first service, came up to me, and he said, oh, you said the 100? He said, I'm on two and a half times that. 
wouldn't you like me to tell you who he is the day before your birthday? All right. But so that's the sort of money some folk are on. So I get averages don't tell the whole story, but when you take a swab of community, there's an average. So we're going to assume that sort of average would, would hold true in a fairly wealthy town like Gladstone, all right, and most cities in Australia. So that's about, we're rounding it. Um, I hope you don't mind that you said, came to church for a, a maths lesson, all right. That's about $1,700 per week. Now, if you've got a church of 300 people, which is, that's a good size average, you know, that's not really average, the average in Australia is about 120, but our church, you know, a good size church, a church that can really touch its community, around 300 people um, involved, let's going to say a third of them have a full-time job, all right? So, up or down, 10, 15%, not sure. So, a hundred of them earn this much. What's the tithe of that? Someone yell it out. 170, I just heard. So 170. Um, how many people? Okay. Equals? I don't know who does the accounts in this church, but they're laughing right now because they've never seen that. See, what happens is you've got a pastor and he's, in, he's, he's praying. Now, what we talked about the stupid strategy with the button on the pulpit and the rest of it, but believe it or not, there are pastors travailing over trying to win the city that God has called them to. And they're, they're saying, God, you don't get it. You, you've given me a vision that's too big. I can't do it. I can't bear it. And he says, nah, I've done the math, mate. I know what's in the house. I'm going to try to preach it without getting angry. The average church of 300 celebrates on a Tuesday at the team meeting if that was their income. So let me say it again, about a half of you don't tithe. And I'm not a prophet today. And I'm not, I, just, I, just want you to, I just want it to sit there. Now, you know, some people already get mad at what I'm saying, but I tell you what, none of them, none of the ones getting mad are tithers. Every tithe they're saying, oh, good, come on, man, wind this up, come on, find another gear. But, but I'm, I, I want to help. Now, again, if you're visiting, every family has to talk about money at some time. And so this is when the family gets together. So we're, we're just having a chat. It's redeeming. It's, it's helpful. So I want to share with you why I came to believe in this. Look, if you have a conviction, you'll never be at the mercy of someone with an opinion. I don't, I'm not even trying to convince you. If, if you have a conviction that says, I don't believe in it, I've studied it, I, I, I can't, I'm not even going to try. This forum certainly doesn't set up for that. You know, this forum at best would only solicit then questions afterwards. Then when, when we sit down and we, then we have a good chat because there'll be a hundred different stories in the plethora um, of, you know, situations in the room. Is that, is that fair? So, um, so you may as well, if, if you're a committed disciple of Jesus, which is who I'm talking to, all my comments are directed to disciples of Christ. People have said yes to Jesus. I understand that you were the king of glory, but you put it all aside and you came to earth. You walked here. You, listen, God's, I heard somebody say, why has God sent people to hell? He didn't. You were already going. He came to stop it. 
He jumped in the way to stop it. And what, do we, what does he get for it? Do we have to give money? You say, oh, you mean I've got to pay to get saved? No, I didn't have to get paid. I don't have to give any money to get married. I've had to give a lot to stay married. <laughs> if we're just going to be practical. Oh, I shouldn't have to show my, I shouldn't have to show my love with money. Yeah, tell that to your wife on her next birthday, mate. I didn't want to be so cheap as just to spend money so... Well, you better put air conditioning in the doghouse, mate, because that's your new address. So, so look, now, Pastor Malcolm, I want you to lean in here for a second. I do know about the priest of Salem, Melchizedek. I do know that Abraham gave tithe to him. Put your hand up if you're saying, what? That's why I'm not mentioning it. I do understand that Abraham tithed to Melchizedek 350 years before Moses wrote the law. So I, get, I, I understand all the theology, believe me. I'm ugly, but I'm not stupid. But that's not going to help you pay your bills, and so I, I'm just going to sidestep all that and just be a lot more practical. This is why, because I know that stuff, I do this. And if you get, the younger you can get it, I'm here to tell you, I'm here to tell you. Come on. If, if you exercise once a month, are you going to be as good as if you exercise every day? We all know that. And I believe in saving, so I do it every two and a half years. <laughs> good luck. If you understand compound interest, so in the natural, so the supernatural. So get into it. All right. So here's the first reason I tithe. Are you ready for it? Turn your neighbor and say, Jeepers, I'm ready. I want to know why that guy tithes. Here it is. The Bible says to, well, get out of here. we got to do what the Bible says, apparently. Well, you're doing a lot of it. And even when you're not doing what it says, you feel guilty when you don't. Like, don't commit adultery. No, you don't have to do that anymore. That's Old Testament. <laughs> Come on, you're serious? That's what people say. No, tithing's the Old Testament. Yeah, yeah, that's why I commit adultery now twice a week. Because, you know, I'm just living in the New Testament. You're a nitwit. We're very clear, I don't. We're very clear on that. So just because it's in the Old Testament doesn't mean it doesn't have a right to go through the veil into the New. Thou shalt not kill. Who thinks, yeah, still good, still good, we like that one, take it. Okay, the adultery one, yeah, honouring the father and the mother, yeah. So obviously, not everything in the Old Testament doesn't go through. Is that fair? So what we got to do is have a look at the context of how things are written to decide whether they go through. Am I right? So let's put up Malachi chapter 3. Um, I think we've got it there. Um, Petra. It says, bring all the tithes into the... Ooh, look at the first word. What does it say? It doesn't say Give. You thought you were generous. You're not. Have a look at this. Malcolm, hang on to this, will you? I'll need it back because I've actually got to finish the sermon. Yeah. Now, um, Malcolm, uh, what's your name? Could you uh, bring that to Kate? Now, uh, now before, before any, any move, if he does that, 
Is he generous? Why not? It's not his. But what if he doesn't do that? Is he stingy? No, he's a, he's a thief. It's funny that God started the whole conversation by saying, you robbed me. He didn't say you're stingy. He didn't say you should, you should act a little nicer. I don't write it, I just preach it. I've learned that anything God has asked me to do is to bless me. That's the foundation of everything he's ever asked me to do. It's always to bless. Stop smoking, Steve. Why? I think it'd be good for you. You know? Stop yelling at your wife, mate, just because she burned the eggs. Okay. My wife makes lots of sacrifices for me. I get three burnt offerings a day. I'm going to have to make you laugh every few minutes just because it's tense. <laughs> so, so bring, what's the next word? How good is God? You can argue over net and gross. Yeah, that's why he said all. <laughs> just so you'd have to look at what does all mean. I had someone say to me, oh yeah, but it's got to be after me, tax. Why? Why? Who, who, who's the ta- who owns the tax? Didn't we vote a government out because they sold our assets? They tried to sell our hospital. Oh, our hospital. Yeah, because you bought it with your tax. If four young men are staying in a flat and it's $400 a week, how much do the four guys pay? 100 bucks each. Tom wants to buy a surfboard, so who pays? Rob wants to buy a bicycle, who pays? Clear, isn't it? Yeah, but who pays for the toilet paper? Yeah, hello. No one wants to count that, do they? (laughs) I'm going in there after you, Rob, and I'm going to be counting how much you used. No, you're not. So what do you do? You all chip in for that. The broom. See, there are things we all use, so we put into the kitty over our rent money. Still our money, but it's everybody's. That's what your tax does. It's yours. My daughter said, I hate tax. I said, no problem. I've got a couple of countries that you'd like to live in where you don't have to pay any. Oh, yeah. said, don't call the fire department. They are not coming. In fact, they don't even have one. (laughs) And the police, forget it. (laughs) You hear what I mean? You pay tax because they're trying to build us a good kingdom. Let's get back to it. So why do I bring all, all, that's gross. All right, that's all. I know that I'm adjusting some of you now. Don't, just go home and think about it. It's all good. The, see the, not your. I know when we take up offering in church, we often say, as you give your tithe today. You ever wonder why the churches aren't given their tithe? Because we told them it's generous and we told them it's theirs. We've got to start preaching what the Bible says. You come to Champions Church, you'll hear this. As you bring the tithe today and give an offering. The average church um, raises, forgive me for being a little bit, you know, behind the door here. You know, in a restaurant, there's a dining room and a kitchen. You generally don't go in the kitchen. But because you're a disciple of Christ, the doors that were coming in the kitchen today. The average church gives about $26 per head across their, across their congregation on a Sunday by Sunday. 
So 100 people, 2,600. That's it. Champions Church, $54 a head. But I promise you, we don't get up and say, give your. You say, oh, it's only words. Yeah, good. Then go to the airport and mention the word bomb. And then say, I was only kidding. Yeah, meet Mr. Rubber Glove. Because words are seriously important in our woke cancel culture. And they always were. Hebrews 11 says he framed the world with words. Hebrews 11 says he sustains the world he framed with words. So they are important. Bring all the. Tithe even tells you where to take it. Take it to the storehouse. So that's what the Bible says, and because it says it, I don't know, maybe I'm stupid, but I just thought, well, you know what? Let's go to Ephesians for just a second. I just want to show you a couple of things. Ephesians chapter 4, when I became a Christian, I read this. Verse 22, throw off your old sinful nature. Oh, jeepers. You mean I've got to stop talking dirty? Apparently. So I stopped Verse 23, instead let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Okay, where do I sign up for the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And I did it, because it said. It then went on in verse 25, says stop telling lies. Oh, get out. All the fun's gone. Come on, help me. Who thinks, no, nah, you don't have to worry about that. Lies are great. See, we're doing what the Bible says. And then it goes on and says, uh, don't, don't get angry and let anger control you. Chimney. And verse 28, if you're a thief, stop stealing. We think that's a good idea. That's what the Bible says, so we do it. Well, why do I tithe? Well, because the Bible says to. And so I do. Do I understand everything that I'm told to do? Never have. Probably never will. I got married for that. So I can just do stuff I'm told to do. All right. I had seven sisters before I got married to a lady and I thought, well, I'm out of there. I've gone from seven to one. And then I've had three daughters and five granddaughters. <laughs> I'm back in big trouble, which is why I'm in your town and not mine. Okay, here's the second reason. So the first reason I tithe is because I just diligently studied. I didn't read the Bible. I studied the Bible and I found that God said, do it. Now, we always talk about the law, you know, it's in the Old Testament. Let me just say this, here, look. Where is it in the Old Testament? Talk to me. Say that louder. Malachi. Malachi. Put your hand up if you know, that's a book of the Bible. Okay, where is this book? Someone tell me. Old Testament. Okay, where in the Old Testament? The end. The last book. So if this is the Old Testament, it's here if Genesis is there. Who wrote it? Hence the name, Malachi, he wrote it. What was his job, essentially? What do we know his job is? He's a prophet. What do prophets do? <laughs> now, hang on, for this section here, all right, I know I'm going slow, but have a look at him over there. I know you're already with me, but look at them. Not everyone gets on the bus at the same time. You're there. But for that lot, we're going slow. So we've got 
the last book, put Malachi 3 back up, Petra, just so we, we can look at it. The last book written by a man named Malachi, Job is a prophet. What do prophets do? They prophesy, yeah, they talk which direction? Forward. Well, God's made a big stuff up here, hasn't he? He's put it on the last book. The only way forward from the last book is the New Testament. <laughs> Turn your over and say, he's ugly, but gee, smart. Hey, he's smart, this guy. Well, tell me, am I wrong? I'm all right. God didn't put it back. If God had it back in Nehemiah, man, it'd be difficult preaching this lesson. But he told a prophet to say it, and all they do is preach that way. He's put him at the very, very end and says, prophesy. Tell him to tithe. He's only got one way to go. And that's, oh, funny, funny. What's the first book of the New Testament? Matthew. Put up Matthew 23 because, boom, he kicks it from the last book and bang, it gets caught in the first book by none other than Jesus that says you tithe of aloe and mint but you don't do the weighty matters of the law. He said, you need to sort that out and do some important stuff. But then he says, um, you, should you tithe? Yes. So the last guy kicks it in the direction of what he does and the ultimate guy catches it and says, that's a good idea. That's why I do it. We should go home now. That should be enough. Like, hey, son, get your feet off the table. Why? I said. If you're a parent, you actually think that's enough. <laughs> Put your hand up, though, if it is. No. And Okay, then I've got a couple more points, too. <laughs> Here's the second one. I do it because I want to play my part. Pastor Mal, when I started writing these notes, you have no idea. The first thing I wrote was because I don't want to be a bludger. <laughs> I thought, I can't preach that. I better soften it. So I said, all right, know me a freeloader. Oh, that's probably just as tough. So I ended up with, I want to play my part. I put on a prayer festival once, like a praise night, you know, combined churches. Um, building was packed. And then afterwards, we put on a supper for the pastors, you know, just to treat them good. It was not caviar, you know, it was just, you know, cheap stuff from Baker's Delight type stuff. Um, but it was good. I saw the Church of Christ guy, his name's Luke. I saw him and his wife leave about 10 minutes in. And I, I thought, you know, because I'm Pentecostal, he's Church of Christ. And I thought, oh, look out. They, they, they just left, didn't say anything, just left. Oh, gee. So I'm thinking, I'm going to ring him on Tuesday and make sure he wasn't offended, you know. Maybe they're gluten-free over there at the Church of Christ. I don't know. And we're eating pavlova. Don't know. Well, 20 minutes later, Luke came back, but now most of everyone else is gone. And um, it was just me and a few leaders, you know, doing what leaders do, packing up. And he came over and I said, oh, g'day, Luke. He said, yeah, my wife and I slipped out before. And I said, yeah, I noticed. He said... We just had a little look around and thought, this didn't just happen. So we went to the ATM. And he hands me hundreds of dollars. And I just thought, man, you get it. You get this stuff. How did, what, just, what do you think? Pastor just went, Alakazoo, Alakazoo. 
Is it Kate? What time's the team here this morning? Seven o'clock. Yeah, you stagger in here with wet air at 10. <laughs> I'm not knocking it. but Well, I am, but... Uh, I'm not, I'm actually, I'm not, I'm not, because, but simply, you get, it just doesn't happen, and I've simply worked that out, and I want to be a part, I had a Honda 750 once, you know, the old bike of the century, CB 754, even had the number plate, CB 754, and uh, so when I got it, I rang the Honda Club, because it's already like 40 years old when I got it, and I rang up, and I said, hey mate, uh, yeah, just bought a Honda 754, and just one, and you know, can I buy parts for these things still? He said, members can. Well, that's a hint, isn't it? I said, I'm hearing you. I said, so how much to be a member? He said, 30 bucks. I said, a week per annum? He said, per annum. Um, that's once a year for second row. And uh, <laughs> maybe I am a prophet. <laughs> and, uh, I, and then I asked this. I said, so how many members do we have? You know what he said? He said, do you mean ones who pay or ones who don't? I said, you mean it's 30 bucks and some guys don't pay? I don't know how long I was in that club, maybe five years. I sent 60 bucks every year. I'm not saying 60 bucks is a lot of money, but it's double the requirement simply because in my way of thinking, I, wanna, I wanna, don't want to be a bloodsucker. I'm talking to disciples now. I'm not talking, look, Churches have, churches have many rooms. We're a hospital. We're a school. We're an army barracks. I'm talking to the barracks. I'm talking to the military, the disciples today. Come on. He wants to bless you. He don't want to hurt you. I do it because I want to play. Have a look. Put this verse up from Nehemiah chapter 3. Have a look at this. Now, um, while Petra's finding that verse, it's Nehemiah 3. Um, the, the chapter starts, so-and-so built the wall. Next to him, so-and-so built the wall. Next to him, so-and-so built the wall. Next to him, so-and-so built the wall. Just keeps naming people that stepped up to do their bit. And then it says this, next were the people from Tekoa, though their leaders refused to work with the construction supervisors. And for 2,500 years, we've been hearing about these blood suckers. I am never going to turn up in a verse of, of Scripture into the eternities of time. I want to do my bit. And uh, I, think, I think you get that. I had a leader in my church. Ooh, this is a bit tricky. I had a leader in my church, went to Canada for six months on a job. He was in serious type of work. So he came to see me before he left and he said, oh, pastor, I've got a six-month stint in Canada, uh, but don't worry, I've already found a church that I'll base in and I've already got a connect group that they're going to get me in. And then he said this, oh, but don't worry, I'm not going to tithe there, I'm going to keep tithing here while I'm gone. What do you reckon? I said, mate, if I had someone on a work transfer from Canada here for six months and they have a car crash... We're going to open the whole larder for them. But I'd like to think that while they're here, they bring the tithe to the storehouse. So I would, as much, I, 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 I am so in praise of your loyalty, but I do think that I need to honour my colleague in Canada 
And so you find yourself a local house and for the six months you are in that local house, you plant your roots and you pay the tithe or you bring the tithe to the storehouse that you will expect. Because if you go to hospital, I ain't coming to Toronto. I know we have people in our churches in Australia that don't tithe the church. They send it back to the country they came from. You should have a conversation with your pastor and see how that floats biblically. I don't know you're called to be Robin Hood to take from the rich and send to the poor. Jesus died on the cross, not you. Having said that, send a second tithe home. But I do believe, I didn't write the Bible, I'm just telling you what it says. It says, bring the tithe into your storehouse. So there's food in my house. And let God open the windows so you've got so much you can't contain and you can send whatever you want, wherever you want. I don't care who's in town. I don't care what's going on. My local house is where I bring the tithe. Cool. Here's the, here's the next reason I do. Uh, here's 2A. Oh, I can't afford to tithe. Turn your neighbour and say, you already do. If I find your affection, I'm deliberate here, listen to me. If I find your affection or your addiction, I have found where 10% of everything you earn is going. No doubt about it. You do your own sums. And oh, you can't talk about the tithe, mate. You know, you lose your blessing. Yet a bloke would tell me he spent 800 bucks on a fishing rod to catch a brim. Of course, it's different to catching Taylor. When I find your passion, you'll tell me how much it cost and you will give copious amounts to it. So, I had a guy at my house once. Humble house, not a big house. Seven bedrooms, four bathrooms. <laughs> well, I'm just telling you, I got one wage. I have not earned $100,000 from my employer ever. My wife does not go out to work. But he said he'd open the windows of heaven. I'm not going to sit here and apologise because Papa God said, hey, Gabriel, is anyone tithing? I've got a lot of stuff up here. I'd like to tip it out. I don't like storing stuff. Gabriel says, well, Kennedy's a bit of a tither. Okay, tip it on him. Someone said to me, do you ride a Harley? Nope. So well, why are you wearing a Harley shirt? Because I ride two Harleys. <laughs> Get a bit of that in here. When I'm not riding the Suzuki, the Yamaha, the Honda or the BMW. Park beside the Holden Ute in the caravan. I love my Holden Ute, 92 model. They're going up. All right. Um, so this guy, he's working at my house on a bobcat, and he found out I'm a preacher. And he said, This is what he did. He went, and he, and he said, This must be beeping good being a preacher. And I understand what he's saying. I said, yeah, it's pretty good. I've been married 43 years, by the way. I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't gamble. Yeah, surprise you how much money you have if you don't drink, you don't smoke, you don't gamble. And I make my own lunch. <laughs> you ever seen the, the apprentices at the Shell service station at 5.30 buying six cans of Red Bull and four sausage rolls? Hey, that's 200 bucks a week. You tithe. You just forgot to bring it to the right house. I can't afford to tithe. What's all the Red Bull cans in your car for? 
I'm just saying, I'm not knocking you. I'm just saying, tell the truth. Work it out. So I said, what do they cost? He said, <laughs> I had to ask Pastor Mel what a packet of cigarettes cost because I didn't know, of course, but he did. And um, <laughs> he carries the smoke, Sandy carries the lighter. They're a team, you know. And uh, 35 bucks for 20, I think, is about where we're at. So I said, how many of these you sort of knocked down? He says, oh, two packs a day. And I said, wow. <laughs> he said, there are still seven days a week, aren't there? He says, absolutely. I said, so that's seven times 35 twice. <laughs> I think it's $490 a week. I said, flip me, man alive, you're a tither. You know, when I told him, he went, get out, that's a lot. It's like, so you never actually added it up? Maybe it's a, look, am I knocking you if you've got an addiction? Not at all. I'm a pastor. I'm as absolutely merciful about that. And I understand it's a journey. I understand it all. I understand it. I'm, but I'm, I'm just telling you, you already tithe. You have an affection. I have a guy, he can't, oh, my accountant said I can't tithe till I pay my house off. Look, I grew up with 11 brothers and sisters with a toilet about 100 yards away. And, you know, like five boys. I never had a room to my own. Five boys in one room. And we all turned out like my brother runs a building company, my sister has a master's in counselling, another sister runs the mental ward at a major hotel in Brisbane, brother runs the IT for one of our you know, major franchise companies, you know, another guy's an inspector in the police force in Toowoomba, you know. Oh, you say, well, you mean like you don't need your own room, you know, with Wi-Fi to, to sort of get smart? Apparently not, I'm the only one who didn't. So don't kid yourself that you need that stuff. Now... Let it be added, but start doing what God said. Here's the last thing, and that is that um, I tithe because I have realized I'm a part of a biblical kingdom. Have you ever heard those people say, oh, you know, the church just wants your money? Yeah, yeah. You know why? We spend it well. We'll have an accountant here for sure. So you check, you know who they are. You check later. You know you're paying about 60% of your wages in tax? You say, no, I don't pay that much income tax. <laughs> Not income tax. Fuel tax, GST, land tax, death tax. Even they're even knocking you over when you die. I mean, help us. Why are they doing it? Here, let's be, why are they taking all this money off you? Because they, they, they've making you a promise that if you live in this country, we're going to garnish your wages through many, many means, and we're going to build you what we call the lucky country, Australia. And it's the envy of the world, by the way. But for the 60% they're taken of us, I don't think they're doing an absolutely brilliant job at it. And I'm not one of those that knocks them, by the way. I am not a skeptic. All right, I'm in another kingdom called the kingdom that will never end. It is built on righteousness, peace and joy, Romans 14 says, and the power of the Holy Spirit. And he says, well, Gabe, how much do you think we should charge him to build this incredible kingdom? He said, I don't know, Lord, what do you reckon? You reckon we could do it for 10%? He said, I reckon we could do it. It's an economical kingdom. And yet you pay. Luke says, if you are unfaithful with unearthly money, so if you're avoiding your taxes, how on earth will you get the heavenly riches, which is the anointing that breaks the yoke? Seriously, look at, the, look at the youth group of our church. You know, there are some chari youth charities, and I'm speaking from absolute experience here. I know a youth charity gets $5 million a year from the government 
Now, when I say government, I mean you, your tax money. They get five million bucks for 40 clients per annum. That's $125,000 per person. I'm not knocking it. I, I'm, I'm actually, I, the government needs to do everything it can to help our young people. They haven't got the Holy Spirit. But I will say this, just so the next time someone gets in your face about the church and money, come on, have an answer. Said, we've got 40 kids in a church like ours, in a youth group. You know the budget for their program is for the year? It's about 10 grand. It'll be more, but it's unfortunately not. So that's about $250 per person per year. And put a tracker on our 40 and put a tracker on their 40. And in 10 years, see where their 40 are. And I'm not knocking them. I am not knocking them. I'm just telling you, churches like this one, Port City, do a very, very good job with the money entrusted to them. That's why churches are competent to ask. We run a feeding program in our church, feed 20,000 people, Pastor Malcolm, a year, 20,000. We had, a ref had our refrigerated truck stolen three days ago with all of our equipment from our shed. We run that entire program on a chef who volunteers her time and a, a fellow who's a, a senior manager at one of our supermarket chains. And the whole budget for the year is about 50 grand. I'm here to tell you, if the government tried to replicate what we do, it would be in the millions. And guess who'd be paying? You. So, yeah, the church, is, <laughs> when church wants your money because uh, they're really good with spending it. They get great results. And so I will never apologise um, for groups like ours. That's the kingdom I'm building. Now, if you're a single mum, sweetheart, they're not giving you social security so that you can send photos on Facebook of you laying on the beach of Bali. They send that so you can survive, not succeed. But the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, he said, it's the thief who comes to steal, kill, but I want you to have an abundance. I grew up in a single mum's family. And I tell you, I never saw a day that my mum, who's still living, 94, she texted me this morning, and I could read it to you if you want. But I saw her grow up. I saw her honour the Lord. Now, some people say they can't afford it. That's because you're trying to do it last. Do it first. You say, well, what's the difference? We've all been here. I'm closing. So, Kate, feel free to take the good-looking folk up there. Um, look, let me illustrate... If you've got 10 year five students over here and you pick two leaders and they're going to pick the teams. Okay, Johnny, you pick first. How does the kid who gets picked last feel? But he's a, year, he's a, a 10 year old kid, just, he's the same as all the others. No, he's not because he got picked last. And we all have the value. We all understand that. But um, look, God says, prove me in this. Um, bring it. So the next time you get a pay, whether it's a week or a month or whatever, can I finish by saying this? My wife and I, <coughs> go back 35 years, my wife and I, I came home one day and she said, uh, we don't have enough money for the bills. I said, okay, so what are we going to do about that? Because she does that. I earn, she does the books. She said, well, you need a raise. I said, okay. 
I know pastor's not picking up wages some weeks, so I don't think I'm going to get a raise. Let's just say I was earning 20 grand to make it simple all those years ago. I said, well, how much do we need? She said, 25. I said, all right. Can you put Genesis 8 up, Petra? Put Genesis 8.22 up. I'll close with this verse. I said, so we're earning 20, but you say we need 25. She said, yeah. So we're $100 a week short. She said, yeah. So I felt God share this verse with me. It says, while ever the earth remains. Now this verse is in the Old Testament, but the context is clearly given. It says, while ever the earth remains. Would you agree that this, this verse is still happening? The earth is still there. So the, it says, there will be seed time harvest. I realized that I was getting my harvest, my pay, and I was taking out the seed 10%. So I was starting with a harvest and getting a seed. On that day, I said, honey, we're turning this around. The Bible says first seed, then harvest. So I said, so how much did you say we need to earn? She said, 25000 a week, a year. I said, so that's 500 a week. She said, yeah. I said, so we're getting 400 a week, but we need 500 She said, yeah. I said, so we need $100 extra. She said, yeah. I said, well, let's start tithing $10 extra. She said, do you think it'll work? I said, it says seed harvest. It says it will. I believe farmers have been doing it for a long time. Apparently, it works. If you want harvest in a bigger field, you've got to sow seed first. And so as a young dad with kids, one wage, not earning enough, I upped my tithe to what I wanted to earn. I'm going to sound like a smart aleck when I say this. I have been doing that on the 1st of March every single year for 35 years. And because we've given ourselves a pay rise every year, we now tithe $1,050 a week. $1,050. I do not earn $100,000. I do not get a fuel cut and I don't get a car allowance and my wife does not leave the house to work. You ever heard the saying, it's just fell out the sky? Well, I think Malachi says it opens the windows of heaven. My net worth increased $850,000 in the last 12 months. How? That's a conversation, not preaching. But that's just 45 years of being faithful to God, to him, to my church, to my wife, my kids, and the scriptures. I've never earned $100,000 from my employer. I do not get a fuel card, don't get anything. My wife doesn't go out to work. But I've brought the tithe every year. And I've increased it every year for 35. And if you're a single dad, a single mum, you're a business owner. I'm here to tell you, first the seed, then the harvest. First the seed, then the harvest. For the last two, two years in our church, we've had pay rise Sunday in March. Over 90% of the people in our church this March gave themselves a raise by lifting their tithe. And I asked the accountant before coming up here, I said, is everyone still doing it? She says, no one has stopped and I'm expecting blessing not just for them but for you because the scriptures say it will happen God likes you he wants you to be the head not the tail let's pray Heavenly Father oh jeepers we've gone on and on I just pray that you'll help Malcolm be nice to me when I finally hand over Lord there are people here they're not yet come to faith but I pray that they would that they would simply say you know what I'm going to investigate this further I'm coming back I'm coming back I'm going to get myself a Bible I'm going to start 
looking into this. And I pray, Father, for each mum and each dad. I pray for certainly financial blessing, but just blessing and the presence of God in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless. Over.